Before today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So get comfy and let's discuss death. Welcome to Mort Mike, a down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Jem. And I'm Red, and we are your mortuary media moguls this week. There's always a never-ending plethora of media to explore. It would take thousands of lifetimes to read every book, watch every movie, to bathe completely in the host of content that we have produced throughout history. But fortunately for those inclined to the dead and dying, the library is much, much more digestible. Over the course of the next few episodes, we hope to delve into some of the death-centric media that we've grown up with, learned from, enjoyed, and even loathed. I'm really excited about this because um, we, we're doing a, a big old three-parter for you guys. So definitely yeah. buckle your seatbelts because you're going to get a whole info dump in the next uh, <laughs> few months. <laughs> Yeah, so basically we're going to cover some, you know, movies, video games, books surrounding the theme of death. I know there's death in a lot of media items, but we're mostly concerned about stuff that's like uh, focusing on the subject of death, right? Yeah, exactly. That or like pertaining to our professions, uh, grief, that kind of thing. So a lot more honed in uh, topics. Mm -hmm. And we definitely have mentioned a lot of these before in like past episodes just as references, but I'm very excited to like delve deeper into this and like talk more about it. Yeah, as my uh, managers would say, we're doing a deep dive and uh, synergy this <laughs> and all these other cool corporate terms. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to start with movies and TV shows, something that, you know, is really accessible to most people, I think. Especially if you have a Netflix account, a lot of these things that we're going to talk about are on Netflix. Or if you're a pirate, then all of these are accessible to you. <laughs> <laughs> so to kick things off, I thought uh, we would talk about a film uh, that I haven't seen. It's been on my list for a very long time to watch. And uh, definitely for those out there that might be into like spooky movies, scary movies, but also awful movies at the same time. Um, so in 1988, uh, a movie was released called The Undertaker. And it came into my life a few years back. Um, me and some friends wanted to just have the worst like horror movie marathon ever. Uh, and so I went on like this ranking site and I found some of the lowest rated spooky flicks on IMDb standards. <laughs> and this was like in the top or I should say at the bottom percentile of movies uh, that pertain to spooky I can't imagine like how how horrible this must be. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was very close. <laughs> I'm not sure if any of these titles are going to mean anything to you, but it was also in the same categories as like Deathbed, The Bed That Eats, uh wow. de Death Spa, like it, wow. it was just a bunch of really off lots of awful movies. Yeah, very very cool. <laughs> 
I think around that time period, like in the 80s, it, there was just like this huge boom for just awful horror movies. And they're always going to hold a special place in my heart. So I think it's the perfect time period for like practical effects to still be used. And I, I think those always hold up a lot better than like the 90s and the 2000s when they switched to CGI. Dude, there's such a difference between like practical effect horror movies and like uh, CGI horror movies. Like it really does make a difference. And I absolutely love like the practical effects kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, like what you're talking about, all these like cult, cult classics, but in like a bad sort of way. I think I never really like was super into those movies but i always think of this one movie i saw once it's called like hobo with a shotgun yeah and it's just, <laughs> that's like a cult classic because so many people know about it but it's honestly a terrible movie it's really bad um so i'm assuming this kind of falls under the same suit yeah that's that's what i understand uh from when i when i was reading the synopsis and everything online and like the blog posts that people shared it and so the unfortunate thing is like i said i didn't watch this um and so i kind of just like dug up a little bit of um like a plot line for you guys at home to, you know, bait you into maybe watching this movie. Um this film, it follows a mad mortician who murders. And that's it. That that is <laughs> like every single site that I look like even wiki, like they have like one <laughs> sentence is like and then there it is. And then and hey, that's, that's the movie. all you need sometimes, you know? <laughs> Especially you in these guy old, yeah. That has access to dead bodies who kills people. It makes more dead bodies. That's just that's, that's just business. That's just big, <laughs> good business sense. <laughs> but Gosh, that is so funny. I honestly can't imagine this is a very thought-provoking piece, uh, if you're looking for that. But who really doesn't love a mindless slasher flick every now and again? Yeah, I'm definitely tempted to watch that one after after hearing about it today from you. Um, I'm not really a movie person, as we're going to find out shortly. I do not watch movies, and I have not watched any movies for my entire life, pretty much. Um, but this is definitely something that I would make an exception for, I think. Well, if you'll make an exception for that, maybe you'll make an exception for the next one, because we're going to talk about Bernie, and I don't know how you feel about Jack Black, but what if he was a funeral director? Woo-hoo. Oh my god! Why have I never heard of this? Because it's not like a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was actually not so bad, but it wasn't like making any A list anytime soon. Oh, so you watched this one? I did watch this one. I watched this one a long time ago, though, like when it okay. first came out. And um, so yeah, Jeff, just setting the tone for you, Jack Black. Funeral director. He is also a murderer. <laughs> is he also a rock star? <laughs> I feel like I have a theme going with the movies that I am <laughs> introducing today that there's a lot of like murder involved in and around them. So um but no, no, this was really cool. This movie's actually based on a, a true story. Um so there was like a Texan mortician, his name was Bernhard Teed Teed. His name was Bernhard Teed, and he killed his like an elderly companion named Marjorie Nugent. And mm-hmm. so the movie's release actually gave this case more publicity. And so like more like they they delved back, they opened the case again. They tried to get more evidence after this man was arrested and to see if they could like get him out of jail. Uh, but he actually was still sentenced to ninety nine years to life, so <laughs> didn't do oh, too much good. Yeah. Wow. 
That's like that good true crime stuff that everyone likes, right? Yeah, and but it was actually it was a really sweet story too because it just like showed like how much of an impact this like southern funeral director like made on the community and like how nasty this woman was that he ended up killing and it, it kind of like was thought provoking oh. in the way that's like well maybe he was doing everyone a favor you know we didn't even like her <laughs> yeah also he was a nice funeral director yeah oh, he was poor jack black i know <laughs> it was perfect though i think it, it was actually kind of funny they made a, a pretty good depiction of like a funeral home in the south and they even took like a shot at funeral directors doing like the sales pitch and everything mm-hmm. and there's like a scene where um bernie's in the casket selection room with the family like trying to sell him a casket and it's just like well you know um we're going to have to make adjustments to the legs to help this tall man fit in a smaller casket, or you can purchase the more premium spacious casket. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you guys. That is such like an old timey funeral director move, I feel like. It Gosh. totally is. It totally is. Goodness. So kind of in the same vein as to where like Jack Black had his like elderly companion in death, uh, I have always been recommended this movie titled Harold and Maude. And it's um, not about a funeral director, but similar in the way that there is a young, rich man um, named Harold who is obsessed with death. And he meets this um, older woman at a funeral named Maude, and they kind of uh, connect in a way, and they like go on some sort of adventure, I, you know, like I said, I have not seen the movie, but it's um, a classic. I've heard people tell me, (laughs) Um, and I've, you know, I know Red has probably heard of this movie too. Like this is one of those movies where when people find out that you are a funeral director, they're like, oh, have you seen blah, blah, blah? This is one of those movies. Yeah, definitely. I've had a bunch of funeral director friends that are like, oh my God, you got to see this movie. Like like so many times, like so many times. I know. And I meant to watch it, but like I said, I am just like not a movie person. Who has the time to watch movies when there's a bunch of Netflix to binge or whatever? Right. I'm just it, kidding. I- <laughs> no, like, but like for real though, I would... <laughs> I don't know what like mental jumping jacks that my my subconscious does for this. Where it's like, oh man, this movie's gonna take forever to watch. But then I will sit there and watch ten episodes back to back with of another <laughs> show, like as if it meant nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, Harold and Maude was actually filmed in 1971, so it is an older movie. Um, but it's a you know, like I said, a classic. It's part of the uh, Criterion Collection, actually. So, oh wow, uh, yeah. Um, I think you know if it is. In that, then I, I'm guessing that it's really good. So um, definitely another movie for you guys to check out. Yeah. That is kind of a short list for us for the movies that we could highly recommend to you guys. There's tons of like blog posts online of like top 10, uh, you know, funeral movies, top 15 grief movies, you know, like Steel Magnolias and all sorts of stuff. I mean, there's plenty of other movies that feature death, uh, navigation of grief and like funeral themes, stuff like uh, like Death at a Funeral. And then it goes to serious stuff like, you know, what dreams may come. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that the amount of movies that I found pertaining to like death and dying like mm-hmm. are in the romantic comedy genre. Like there's a lot yeah. that fit in that. And I'm um maybe I shouldn't be surprised, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it might be like some sort of weird like trope where it's like, oh, you know, the the 
weirdo funeral director who's just alone, you know, doing his job meets like a beautiful woman. It's kind of like quirky in a way. Like I know people like that kind of stuff. So maybe that's like has some driving force behind that, I think. I think you're definitely right. I, I imagine, especially like with the Hallmark stuff where it's just like, man is sad after his wife dies, but then along comes a goofy person that brings him out of his grief. <laughs> you know, like it's all yeah. sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> One other movie, though, that I kind of looked upon that I do remember people recommending to me is called Departures. And this is a, I think it's a Japanese film where uh, there is a man who is a professional cellist and he his orchestra disbands and he doesn't have a job anymore. Oh, he moves back to Japan and happens to come across like a mortuary that he starts working in. And it's apparently about like, you know, death culture in Japan and, you know, tackling, you know, this person tackling their, I guess, fear of death or, uh, you know, some personal issues surrounding that. Um, but I heard it's also really good. And it's a newer film. It's from 2008. Oh, wow. Um, but I heard that one was really good as well. That's been recommended to me a couple of times. So a couple of good ones for you guys to check out there for sure. But that brings us to uh, television shows and portrayal of death and our professions in television shows. And we have a lot more content to go through here with you guys. Yet again, like I said, a lot easier to binge for some reason six seasons of CSI <laughs> than watch one movie, God forbid. <laughs> yeah. So I will say the number one piece of media that people bring up to me uh, when they learn that I'm either in the death industry, I worked in a funeral home, whatever it may be. Uh, the the sentence goes, oh, have you seen Six Feet Under? Uh, yep. Six Feet Under is a HBO show, I believe. And it's basically a serial television show following a family um, in, I think it's like California or something that owned their own funeral home. And this is not a spoiler. So in the first episode, the dad, who is the owner of the funeral home, dies. And then the story kind of follows his sons, who are adult children, his adult children's sons, taking care of him, taking care of the business, all of the, like, you know, uh, drama and uh, romantic comedy that goes <laughs> yeah, along with is. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's an HBO show. So I have watched a lot of it. I watched it a long time ago, actually. And I I liked it for the most part. The thing that I will say to people about that show is because they're mostly people are curious if it's like accurate i will say that it is very accurate to a degree um that in the terms of like they own a small family funeral home they're they're trying not to be bought out by this big like sei type corporation um, you know, the family is taking care of all these community members, you know, they're struggling with their own personal issues. I feel like it's pretty accurate to like the typical like family funeral home kind of dynamic. Um, and some of the embalming even is kind of accurate. I will say, though, that there is an episode where there is a young woman who dies and she's like a model or like a porn star or something like this. Mm -hmm. I can't remember and one of the biggest concerns with the family is that they wanted her like chest to look good like after like after she's been embalmed mm -hmm. so for some reason their embalmer who is like an outside hire that like works for their family for so many years or whatever he takes like cat food cans and like puts them in there like breast implants that's in what? the tv show 
I was like, this is this is not a thing. I can think of six ways right now that would much better achieve that than an invasive surgery that is basically illegal. You are not allowed to use outside, like, if it's not a mortuary product, you cannot use it inside of a body. Like, that is... It was very strange. The The thing was, is they were, like, very, like, oh, she's wearing, like, a low-cut dress. Like, we want her to wear, like, this see-through low-cut dress, and we want her, like... Uh, chest to look good and then that's what the embalmer came up with just like kind of like a quirky like oh look what i figured out it was like no we don't do this absolutely not like <laughs> come, come on <laughs> that's like the one thing that stood out to me about that show i will say you know as the show goes on as most as what happens with most shows is that i d- didn't enjoy it as much because it got super dramatic it got all about like family drama and less about the funeral aspect so I um, stopped watching it after a while, but the first couple of seasons are really, really interesting. Um, at least I thought so. If you did want to check that out, I would definitely at least watch the first few seasons and and see how you like it. You know, I'm really glad that you watched it because, like, <clears throat> because so many people have asked me if I've watched it, it's made me want to watch it less. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm glad you brought up like the the whole accuracy thing because, like, that's a I don't know about you, but that's a huge thing for me that honestly makes me like not want to watch mortuary media because i get mm-hmm. like super nitpicky about how they're going to depict it like if i saw that episode with the tuna can i would have immediately turned it up like i would have been yeah. <laughs> too pissed to continue on <laughs> yeah i will say that it is interesting because shows i think this show i think six feet under they had a like a mortuary consultant like they had a real mm. funeral professional like consulting them of course hbo is going to do what hbo is going to do for like good tv but I think they did have like a real person consulting with the show. I think I follow them on Twitter. I don't remember. But um, yeah, so a lot of shows like that have like mortuary consultants, which, you know, is where the accuracy accuracy like might come from. But yeah, it's it's still just a TV show. <laughs> For sure. Well, I, I raise you uh, one. I'm not sure how much of you you watched, but this was uh, this show was uh, one of my first loves, and I watched it religiously in high school. And it's actually what wanted, uh, made me want to be a medical examiner in the first place. Uh, back when that was a twinkle in my eye. How much CSI have you watched, Jem? And <laughs> I am now. I'm in your shoes because I have not seen a single episode of CSI. <laughs> so I feel like you would probably feel the same way that I do about like a show like. Um, six feet under when watching CSI because even though it's more mm-hmm. about like the forensic side of things um, I'm, I'm definitely sure there's some crossover that you're just like oh my god this is this is ridiculous yeah <laughs> I'm usually a huge stickler about um, media and like how they portray like dead bodies and like like does it look good like did they get the color of blood right like do the organs look realistic that kind of thing right um, it's my least favorite thing. I watch a lot of um, like Law and Order SVU, and mm-hmm. sometimes the dead bodies is like that's a they have a model laying there, and they put like white makeup on her, and I'm <laughs> like, uh, that's not really how that works. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and like I'm not current. Um, I'm about at like season nine of like the Las Vegas one, which is like the original CSI, and um, even when I'm like rewatching them now with my rose colored glasses of nostalgia put on. Um, they, I thought they did a pretty good job with their body effects, uh, mm-hmm. especially considering how old the show is. Like, to it aired in like '01 and like ran to '15, so okay. like that's that's pretty good for the time period. I think, especially for TV. Okay, yeah. 
But like kind of going off of what you said, like something that they do for every corpse is make the body actor wear white contacts to make them look like <laughs> hazy. And like even if they were dead for like an hour or like two weeks, they all have like the white contacts <laughs> in. And it's like eyes don't do that like that fast. And honestly, don't Ooh. even when like they lose like their shine and like kind of deflate, they don't look like that. <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. That's like zombie stuff. That's not like dead body stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. Like they get a little like gray and hazy easy but not like that <laughs> mm-hmm. that's funny but fantastic gore aside um the biggest unrealistic expectation that i know from like csi is all the lab timelines and all the forensic magic that they do like n- no dna testing can be done as quickly as it is in the show you can't just enhance pixels <laughs> like from an image that's already low resolution <laughs> And apparently, like I was, I was looking it up. Apparently, some of the tests they do are like just made up. Like they just they don't yeah. even exist. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I've had the like I said, I watch a lot of Law and Order SVU uh, with my partner, and I've had that same experience as to where they're like the toxicology report came back, and they had like this much, um, you know, alcohol or uh, you know, drugs in their system, and it's been like an hour. And it's like <laughs> no, 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 no. That's like that's like a four to six week waiting period, and we're just like, well. We'll find out when we find out. <laughs> right. Like families are always like, oh, well, you know, we have cause of death on the, the death certificate. Right. And it's just like, well, no, this person was autopsied. Like we have to run tox. And then like you might get the coroner's report in two months, you know, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. And if you are interested in more stuff like this, like comparing like reality to not in like forensic shows like Law and Order and CSI and any other like medical show you can think of. Um, I actually listened to a podcast called The Daily Docket, which is the uh, Wayne County Medical Examiner's Office in Detroit. They have a podcast where the medical examiners just like talk about a certain topic or whatever. They did an episode on um, TV shows and how accurate they were to forensic medicine. Oh, no um, way. Yeah. And I, I thought it was really interesting. So something to go check out. A personal favorite of mine. Um, so, yeah, The Daily Docket. Something I thought was kind of interesting in my uh, researching CSI um, was that like there's this term uh, called the CSI effect. And apparently like shows like this, like Law and Order, like all of these kinds of shows have actually influenced the minds of the public so much that it affects jurors that go into real trials because <laughs> they expect <laughs> it to be this like movie magic type of thing. And it's not. Oh, I, to- I bet that's true. You know, you wonder like there's no way for juries to be impartial anymore. Like, no. I just can't, you know, with technology and like shows and Internet, blah, 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 like. They just go in expecting stuff and they're like, we're going to find this guy guilty of murder. And then it's just not that at all. Right. Exactly. And like even more so, like it it, it must be really hard to be like the prosecution or like the defense in this situation because like you can use that knowledge against like depending on which side you're on you can use that against too it's like well if i play to these people's like not knowing anything about this and just thinking that it's just like tv like they can use that against the other side so I, I, it's very fascinating to me i mm-hmm. think media has screwed justice <laughs> <laughs> there are also tv shows that deal with the more I want to say like esoteric aspects of death, like the more uh, thought provoking internal emotional parts of death. And of course, there are tons and tons and tons of TV shows that deal with this. Uh, But one that I watched recently that really just I don't want to say like changed my view on death, because obviously I have a pretty open relationship with death and like um, 
an open mind about a lot of stuff with it. But it's a really just very impactful um, called The Midnight Gospel. And this is an animated television show on Netflix um, written and I think animated in part by Pendleton Ward, which is the creator of uh, Adventure Time, the animated children's TV show. This is not a children's TV show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so the podcast is, it's an animated, um, how do I say this? It's the a- animated AMV to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like a animated music video. No, it's a, um, so there's the, sorry, the TV show is an animation of uh, dialogue from the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, which is a podcast hosted by uh, Duncan Trussell. Um, and it's just like a general podcast where he's like talking about a bunch of like, you know, heady sort of ideas. And he has a lot of guests on to talk about like things. And um, so anyways, the TV show is animating these things. It's following a space caster, a video podcaster in space named Clancy. And just like going through uh, interviewing all of these people and it's it's a really beautiful TV show. But the episodes that really sort of impacted me the most were the episodes about death kind of near the end of the show. So if you watch the first episode and you're like, what is this? Um, just kind of skip to the episodes that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> so there is one episode where um, Duncan Trussell interviewed his mother who was dying of breast cancer. Um, and obviously just that sense of sentence alone kind of gives you the idea of like how emotionally impactful this was. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but basically, and his mother at the time of the release of the TV show, she passed away already. So she's been Mm. passed for like three years when the TV show was released. But when he interviewed her, she was alive and well. And then I think she died like either less than a year later or something like this after the interview. Um, Anyways, so it's just the episode um, dealing with his mother, like having breast cancer. It's just so beautiful because it's like talking to your mom like, okay, mom, I know you're going to die. Let's like talk about all of these feelings and like what it means. And let's talk about like, you know, our whole lives together, basically. And it's just dealing with a lot of like, you know, um, themes of like, you know, when if you have kids, like when your parents die, a lot of people say that, you know, their parents live on in their own children, mm-hmm. just sort of like a family legacy kind of thing. Um, they talk about that. And then I don't know, I, I definitely cry like a little baby. It's <laughs> just it's if you're not in a good headspace, maybe not for you, but I am all about those feels and emotions sometimes. So I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. It really made me think about some things because you know my parents are getting older too and it's something that we're all going to have to deal with eventually and it's just you know putting words out there that you don't think about and that you wouldn't have thought about you know unless you take the time to sit down and be like okay mom you're dying like what's next um and then the other episode that i really enjoyed was actually uh the guest speaker was caitlin doty and obviously she's talking about death because that's her whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's actually presented as death in the TV show, the animated TV show. Oh, that's super cool. So she's actually like like gr- the Grim Reaper character and it's like her voice coming out. It's so funny. Um, and, you know, talking about this time, talking about how Duncan or Clancy's, you know, dad passed away and his dad had um, dementia. So dealing with like, 
the on moments versus the off moments and like dealing with, you know, okay, after my dad died, I told him I would do all these things, but I haven't done them yet. Just talking about that kind of stuff, you know? Um, I, I just loved both of those episodes and they left such a huge impact on me. Um, I would really recommend if you watch the show and you're like, uh, I don't really like this. I would at least try to check out the episode with his mom and the episode with Caitlin Doty. Um, definitely, definitely watch those. And the animation is also like very fun. Like you, you can tell it's very adventure timey. So it's like whimsical in that way. And it's, they, they had a lot of fun, I think, with the animations because it's, it's kind of like nonsense is happening on screen while like they're talking about these really heavy topics. Because like I feel like to be able to talk about those heavy topics, it's kind of some like brain soap while they're talking about it that makes yeah, it a little more palatable. So. <laughs> I love that term. It is, it's so beautiful and it is, it does help a lot with being palatable and you're watching these things happen on screen that are kind of related, but not really. I can't even describe it. You just have to watch it yourself, but it's it's a beautiful piece of art, honestly, is how I see it. So I, I would please go watch it if you have not. It's on Netflix for free. So another show, um, it's not the entirety of the show, but just a segment in the show similar to like the Midnight Gospel um, is Adam Ruins Everything. And for those that are not familiar, uh, this is like an expose show on, well, well, Adam ruining everything. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he goes over like topics and tells you like the little known facts or like disproves common misconceptions about something. Um, so he does a finale for his season one uh, that goes in on like death and the death care industry and everything. And there's like some snippets of it you can watch on like YouTube, but I don't even remember where you can stream this. It's been so long. Um, but like there's there's actually a lot that I agree with him on from that episode. Like he, he talks about like prices being like overinflated and that like embalming is unnecessary in most circumstances. Um, but there are some like details he does get wrong about like embalming practices. And I think it's weird because he, like he puts the sources up on the screen, like where he's getting the facts from, which is pretty cool. But yeah, like he, he said like something about embalming and it was like, he put in quotes on there and I think it was like university of Michigan or something. And I'm just like, no, that that is very wrong. That is like a very wrong fact. Like, I don't know anybody that does embalming this way. So yeah, it's weird. little, it's little details like that, that irk me. Cause like those things do actually kind of matter in the minutia. Cause like, I know, especially when it's someone who like, doesn't really know what they're talking about. So they're like, Oh, I read this thing. So it must be true. And it's like, well, yeah, no, exactly. Cause like, you're kind of missing out on the nuances of it all as well. If you're just like reading it secondhand instead of like, it it always makes me wonder, kind of like you mentioned earlier, like, did they have like a consultation with like an actual like funeral director uh, or like a mortician or somebody in the death care industry, like to go through the facts with them and be like, well, that sounds a little hokey kind of thing. So, but but overall, I mean, the episode is really well done. Um, But but he mostly just talks about how everything is way too expensive. Yeah, I mean it is. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You'll you'll probably see that reoccurring theme uh throughout the next like this episode and the next few episodes that we do on uh like death care media. So, um yeah, just that'll that'll be coming back up here shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> there is one show recently that has been pretty popular. I think I've like heard of more people watching it that isn't really about funeral homes. It's not really like accurate. It's not like a, you know, crime thing. Uh, it's called The Haunting of the Hill House. And this is a quote unquote horror show. Mm, I did watch weak. this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I would, I watched this whole thing and I, 
um, mostly because I heard that there was like mortuary scenes like scenes in a funeral home in there and i was like i want to see if that's accurate that was the whole reason that i watched it too so (laughs) so the hunting of the hill house um not super scary maybe like creepy at its best there's like a few Uh, weren't there just like a few jump scares and a few jump scares which always get me i am a jump scared baby i always get got by those jump scares (laughs) (laughs) so that's where i was like oh scary but other than that it's just kind of like ugh. it's it's based around like ghosts too which i i usually like ghost stuff but i don't know and anyway so taking all of that out of there there is a uh a member of the family the main family who is like a a funeral director like her she grew up and became a funeral director and now she owns a funeral home with her family like her her husband and their kids or whatever and you know part of the show is that she is embalming like another family member that died during the course of the show you know trying not to give out any spoilers but it's just like you know I think the biggest thing that I took away from that was that, like, me personally, I don't think I could embalm my family members. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this character was like, I must do this. I must take care of my family member. I was like, "Uh, I get that some people are that way, but, like, mm, not me. So I don't know. Fake news. Yeah. (laughs) Take it for what it's worth. But it was it's interesting for sure, but it's not. Mm, I wouldn't like tell you that you have to watch it. Like there's other things out there to watch. If you're watching it specifically for like the mortuary themes, uh, it's not, that's not it, chief. Yeah. It's like half an episode and then you're like, okay, <laughs> that's it. So along the way of uh, looking through this stuff, cause me and my Netflix subscription, uh, that's really what I got. And I'm, I'm a worker with it. Um, I actually, I found two shows that uh, follow like family run funeral homes in real life and like all the shenanigans in, in their day to day, you know, schedules. And uh, so it's kind of like a, like a reality TV documentary type of thing, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty interesting. And so the the first of which um, it's called Buried by the Bernards. And uh, this Netflix original follows the Bernard family funeral home, our Bernard Funeral Services, and they are located out in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, actually, apparently, they were one of the leading funeral homes that jumped on the the drive-through uh, visitation bandwagon when it was incepted. Oh, which was like I I really want to talk about that at another episode at some point because I got yeah. feelings about it. Um, I don't think I've heard of this really. Honestly. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Putting putting a pin in that one. <laughs> putting a pin in that one. <laughs> Um, but I thought it was funny cause like th- this was also listed as like a comedy, which like it definitely reads through and like how it's got that reality TV style to it. Do they do like the breakaway to like personal camera interviews? So the, the, yep. the people are like, <laughs> did you hear what Brandon said to me? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> That's so funny. God, it, that makes so much sense in like a family funeral home like that, though. So dramatic. Oh, there's so much drama, especially since it's like it's most of their staff is basically just family. Like there's only a mm-hmm. few of their staff members that weren't family. And it's it's kind of hard to tell because like the whole thing is super campy. Uh, how much of it's like staged for those like magical like TV moments and like how much of like the goofy and disorganized situations are real. But I mean, that's that's reality TV for you. So, I mean, that it's pretty par for the course for that. Right. 
I thought it was really interesting um, to see some of the the cultural differences uh, since this is like an African-American funeral home. Because uh, like I've worked in like a metropolitan city and I've like served black families, but like that was still at like a white funeral home serving mm-hmm. black families, which is like a totally different thing. So like I've yeah. never actually got to experience like like an African American funeral home before. So that was kind of a cool look into into that part of culture. Yeah, we've had like we talked about this in an episode how there is still like a sort of like cultural segregation between like. Uh, black funeral homes and white funeral homes um which you know could be like a good and bad thing but it's just like the fact that the cultures are different and they require different like preparations and plus it's in like memphis tennessee which is like southern and southern funerals are way different than like you know anywhere other than southern funerals (laughs) so that is really cool to that they're like they documented that i don't know why i've never heard of this before well, so here's the thing. Um, half of the show was more about the family members themselves and like their lives with the funeral home just being like the background setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it, it kind of what I was looking for, it really wasn't delivering. Like the first episode, they kind of like actually like show the funeral, like them doing a funeral together kind of thing and how mm-hmm. that all get, goes sideways, you know, but like then it was just like about this one girl's like cake business and all this other stuff and oh. so mm-hmm. it like it drifted away from like the funeral aspect of things a lot which like that really wasn't why I was watching it you know mm, right so, I mean it was a trip like all of their personalities clashing and like coming together especially to run this major funeral home like if if you like more reality TV antics in your shows and less so the death care parts like th- definitely watch this but if you're looking to see like way more about the funeral um funeral homes and like business and stuff i would definitely recommend the next show to you instead uh which is called the casketeers and like of all of the tv shows that i've seen about like death care stuff like this is like this is my favorite absolutely 10 out of 10 for me wow i've never heard of this one either the Casketeers, though, like, what a name. <laughs> I know, right? So this is another Netflix original uh, funeral home documentary type thing with a sprinkle of uh, reality TV. And, like, it's, for me, it was a lot more interesting um, because it follows uh, Tipani funerals in Auckland, New Zealand. So you're already getting all sorts of new cultural cultural all sorts of new cultural influences that Americans are definitely like unfamiliar with. So you're getting mm-hmm. to see stuff like uh, like Polynesian funerals, Maori, Tongan, Samoan, and like all of these different traditions that we have like no idea about. So not only are you learning the culture, uh, but especially those that aren't familiar with funeral service, like you're seeing funerals in an entirely different country, which is yeah. so cool. That is really cool. Yeah, because you don't see those like at all especially like in western media oh definitely not and furthermore i think it's really nice because they did they did stay a little more on topic with like death care they tackled a lot of hard topics uh like they had an episode that included like somebody who committed suicide uh infant deaths murder deaths and like the funerals that the families plan to celebrate those people. And mm-hmm. like, I thought that was nice because we always talk about like, you know, we need to be talking about these hard things. Like, and the fact that they like were able to bring them up 
and show these families and what they were doing to take care of their loved ones and like yeah. how much care and compassion that the fa- like even though they were still kind of having goofy moments mm-hmm. uh they were still able to like show uh, like show all of these things in a very respectful way yeah i mean that's what feels you know i haven't seen this but that's what kind of feels authentic to me in a way that where you know, if you work at a funeral home or you work in death care, you're seeing suicide, you're seeing like murders, you're seeing infant death like at least once a week. And if you don't have a good mindset about it and if you don't have a good like respectful humor about your job, like there's no way you're getting through all of that all the time. Um, so that's kind of nice to hear that they're like obviously very respectful and, you know, a lot of good representation there, but also just like still being an entertaining uh, TV show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I really, I learned a lot from this show and had a lot of fun along the way with like all the different staff personalities. And like, I definitely work with people that have similarities to these folks with all their quirks. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, I don't want to go into any specifics on the actual like customs themselves, uh, the, how they were displayed in the show. Cause I'd, I'd actually really like to save like other uh, cultures, customs for funerals, uh, like in like totally its own episode or a few episodes because mm-hmm. there's so many really cool ones out there. So, but I mean, highly, highly recommend this show. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to kind of like wrap about those last two shows, um, like the reality TV style ones, what I f- thought was most interesting about them was that they were like filming family members attending funeral services, like in their houses or at like the funeral home or at church. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm wondering like what behind the scenes permissions that they had to get for something like that? Because they were all like, some people were blurred out, some people weren't. But like, do you think like the funeral directors had to like sit down during the arrangements? It's like, hey, we're like getting a Netflix special filmed. Like, are you okay being on there? Like, probably because they would have to sign a waiver, right? Or else they'd be blurred out like that. So I get, I'm betting it was part of like the arrangements uh, conference. <laughs> how would you How would you feel like if you were sitting down to make arrangements for your loved one? Because I'm not, I'm sure they probably asked a bunch and like not everyone said yes. But like, yeah, how would you feel if that was a question asked you? Do you think that you would like allow your family funeral to be filmed? You know what? I don't know. It would depend on like the show for me for like for like a documentary or like some sort of like educational film i would probably say yes but like for netflix reality tv i would probably say no just like knowing like you know if i'm at a funeral it's probably gonna be for my parents so I don't think either of them would like that kind of attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, especially a lot of people are like that in death that like they don't want a big hoopla about it. So like to have it filmed and then like mm-hmm. uh, available to people around the entire world on Netflix. Like, yeah, that's kind of like, that's a big ask for a yeah. lot of people. I don't think it's disrespectful, but I do just think that it's not something that I would want personally for myself for that to be like broadcasted. Yeah. And I agree with that too. Like, I mean, some of how the, they portrayed some of the funerals in uh, the Cats like, I'd be like, okay, like if it was going to look like this, like I'd, I'd be about it. But some of like the goofier antics ones where it's just like, ah, oh, we messed up everything and the car forgot to pick up and the family car forgot to pick up the family and this and it's just like, oh God, like I, I wouldn't want to know that. 
outside, like if a, if a funeral director messed up and fixed it in the back end, I would not want to know about it in real life, let alone like, oh, let me just watch this real quick. And like, hey, we're on Netflix. Let's watch this episode about our family. Oh, cool. They screwed up everything behind the scenes. Like that would, I, I would not like that, like to find that out in, you know, post-production of this. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. But it did make me feel a little bit better uh, seeing like these uh, two different staffs. Like they were cursing like crazy in both of these shows. And that made me feel a lot better because like I've actually gotten in trouble multiple times at work for my sailor speech. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel a lot like uh, more at home now <laughs> in my own skin. <laughs> Funny. Maybe you do need to go on one of these reality TV shows then. Oh man, I would be I'd be a laugh riot. <laughs> I'm very funny. <laughs> I'm very funny. Call it Red's Dead and uh, Red, Red's Dead Redemption. <laughs> okay. There I'm we go. Making myself laugh but no one else. That, that would be the entire show. Me laughing. Hey, at my that's own a jokes. good segue into our next coming episode. We are going to be talking about video games. Yay. Yay. Oh, I'm really <laughs> really really excited for that one actually. I'm also very, very excited for that. Um, me, both me and Red are somewhat of a, a gamer per se. So <laughs> um, we are very excited to bring that. So make sure that you listen to our next episode about video games. I did just also want to thank really quickly um, everyone who donated to our uh, winter slash holiday fundraiser for our podcasting hosting site fees. We were able to raise the money very quickly and we are um, here to stay for the next year at least. So yay, you can't get rid of us quite yet. (laughs) Um, But I just wanted to give a personal thank you to um, both me and Red's dads and my mom uh, generously donated, keeping you know, our little podcast of death hobby afloat. We really appreciate you guys um, and all of your support, Um, especially Red's dad's questions in that (laughs) one episode that we did. (laughs) Would also like to thank our donor, Nicole. Thank you so much for your generous, generous donation. We very much appreciate it. And I know that Things have been a little rocky. Uh, We're still, you know, as death professionals and, you know, myself as a student, uh, we are dealing a lot of going on with coronavirus and all of this craziness that is still happening after like uh, two years, three years. God. And, you know, we hope to really get back into the swing of things, especially once I graduate and things settle down. Um, But, you know, either way, we really so much appreciate all of you guys and your constant support. Um, honestly, you know, I do look at the numbers and you guys are all still listening, which is so nice for me to see. It just makes my little heart so happy to, to see that you guys are still in it with us. Um, you're still listening to whatever, uh, death stuff we have to say. And, you know, we have a lot planned for the upcoming months and we have so many ideas, so we're not really going anywhere anytime soon. So thank you so much for sticking around and, and, and being here with us. Did you want to say anything, Red? No. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> no. <laughs> we all know Jem is the empathetic one here, not me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all this week on Mort Mike. We'd love to connect with you guys on our socials, so like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Mort Mike Podcast. It would mean a lot to hear your feedback, so please tell us what you think in a comment and drop us a rating on whatever podcast hosting site that you use. 
If you have any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear or burning questions you might have about death, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. I also want to give a huge thank you to our friend Marcin for the use of his song titled Deputies of Death, which he produced just for our show. You can check out his Bandcamp at marcinmusic.bandcamp.com. Thank you, Marcin. And be sure to tune in the first Thursday of every month for some more casual discussions on death. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Mort Mike. Bye. Bye.